Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 73, the Is Control Even a Good Game? episode of the Game Groups podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. My name is Matt. Today, I'm joined by Paul, Josh, he's back, and Mike, <laughs> the four of us back together again, gives me this warm, fuzzy feeling inside. But guys, let's get right into things. Instead of asking you, though, for your peak of the week... This time, we're changing things up a little bit. I want to ask everyone what their feat of the week has been. That's F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. So, Paul, what was your biggest accomplishment this week? Sorry, just give me one sec. I'm closing some wiki feet tabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got. I was totally confused what we're doing here. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, biggest accomplishment this week. Uh, great question, Matt. I kind of knocked it out the park birthday wise um, oh. for Rachel. Rachel's birthday is not till December 15th, but I kind of knocked it out the park here with uh, a great gift, which was we're going to New York City. Hey, birthday. the Big Apple. We're going to the Big Apple. Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we were kind of talking about going for a while. We went in 2018. It was like a really incredible trip for us. And so, yeah, so I decided to, I already, I have like way too much vacation at the end of the year, which I'm not trying to like brag. It's just, I didn't take <laughs> vacation this year. I just didn't ever take days off. So I have like a bunch of days. Uh, so yeah, I was going to, I booked off a couple of days for a birthday anyway. And then I was like, you know what, since we're off for like four days, five days, why don't, uh, why don't we just go to New York city? So I booked an Airbnb and, uh, I surprised her and it's really exciting. So we're, we're going to go in a month and, uh, and just walk the streets and and hang out and do some cool stuff and yeah it was like you know not super expensive i think the airbnb was only like you know 500 bucks for for the whole thing it was like a room in someone's house but it's sealed off from the rest of the house so okay. you can kind of like you have your own door and it's got its own little bathroom and so you're kind of just like in your own little your own little pod cool. uh, which is nice and yeah we're staying in the same neighborhood we did last time and so yeah it's it's going to be super sick so that was definitely my biggest accomplishment of the week and i am hype very nice. I'm excited for you for that. I always forget that Airbnb is an option. I just always forget. You know, it's so funny. Rachel and I were talking recently. We were saying, oh, it'd be cool if Matt came and visited or something or whatever. And then uh, Rachel's like, well, I, we'll have to book him a hotel because I don't think he likes, like he prefers going to a hotel, I think. And I was like, I think he just doesn't, I think that's just, he just does it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. it's like a an anti-Airbnb or something thing. I think he's just like a, like a he's an old guy. Yeah, I just forget. <laughs> I forget that that's an option, and I wish that I would. I would remember because I would do it more often. I just, I'm so. It's so easy to book a hotel, dude. Airbnb is crazy easy. I found it. I booked it. It was over in like in like two seconds. Well, maybe I need to learn. I feel like you I'm. Do. You know those. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get you, you a class at the Y, and you can. You, uh, you might not have this, Paul, but we have the these commercials in America for Progressive Audio Auto Insurance, where it's sure, like. Yeah. It's like millennial age people acting like their parents. Yes. They're really funny commercials. And I just feel like that's me now. I'm becoming my father. And and my looking for hotels is uh, <laughs> a symptom of that, I suppose. But Mike, what was the number one thing you accomplished this week? I'm going to be really sad and say I got a lot of gold camos in Modern Warfare <laughs> Hey, Like way too many. Like, I have a sickness. It's a problem. <laughs> How many do you have? I have all the marksman rifles. Jeez. I have one assault rifle. I now have two SMGs. Wow. And one sniper rifle. All right. So 10. God damn. Very nice. 
Are we still on the daily pace? Is that no close? No, I got, I got, I, I went out and touched grass a little bit, but okay, not, not a lot. <laughs> I'm allergic to it. And Warzone Two comes out as of recording tomorrow. War, it's the fifteenth. It comes out tomorrow, so that's exciting. Uh huh. They changed some of the splash screens in in game. Right. Yeah. And they changed the icon on the on the launcher too. I noticed that. It'd be nice if they fixed like any of the bugs. Yeah. I had yeah, a fun yeah. one the other day where I took for some reason one of the camo challenges for sniper rifles is get ten kills. Get get ten hip fire kills. Okay. Which is really fucking stupid. So you just run around with like a laser yeah. and as much hip fire accuracy as possible. So I, I, I took off I took off my uh, scope because I was like, well, I'm, I need to just not zoom in. And for some reason, taking off the optics leaves you with the sniper rifle scope, which I'm just like, oh, that's annoying. But then I found that you could get iron sights on it, which still takes up an optics slot for some fucking reason. But you put iron sights on it. And when I put iron sights on it, um, the game graphically threw up. <laughs> My arms turned inside out and my oh, gun no. went upside down and <laughs> I could see Normal. where my shoulders were supposed to be. And I'm just like, game, what did you do? Same it's shit really happened bad. to me. Sorry, really? is this Battlefield 2142 or <laughs> uh, basically? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's not good. Not good. But I mean, not a good game. So, <laughs> But you keep playing it. Correct. <laughs> Josh, what was the biggest thing you accomplished this week? So we traveled to Cleveland, Ohio for a wedding, and we traveled back, and we did it without killing one another. Hey! See, there's just something about travel. I, I love my wife to death, but there's just something about travel and airplanes, and I, maybe all those tight little spaces and corners that just drive people to go fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you just like, get so angry at each other for just no reason at all. Uh, and we we mostly were were okay and well put together. You know, there were a couple little uh, uh, bickers here and there, but for the most part, we uh, things went smooth and uh, we had a good trip. Good, good. I'm glad. My feat of the week was that I worked out again for the first time in a while. I went for a long walk, which I've been doing regularly. Then I added in a workout at the end. I'm pretty sore today. Day two is always the worst. Not the day after the workout, but day, day three. Two. Day three is the absolute worst. There's really? The, oh, yeah. You get your you? delayed onset muscle soreness, DOMS. Yeah, no, it's day two is bad. Day three, next level. When, you have, when you're coming <laughs> off of nothing, when you're coming off cold. That's true. That's true. I, it's been a while since I'm you know, coming off cold. <laughs> Pumping some iron. Yeah. But I'm excited to get back into it. All right, let's move on to show me your trends. And show me your trends. I give the panelists the beginning of a Google search phrase, and they have to tell me how the top result ends by picking from three options. One is right. Two are wrong. Searches are made in incognito mode. Wow. Enjoy that, listeners. To get the pierce as possible. <laughs> we'll play three quick rounds. Just splice in. Uh, splice in me going, headphone warning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, round one. How do you win blank? How do you win Powerball? How do you win chess? Or how do you win Love Island? How do you win Powerball? That just is what? 
You just get lucky as shit. <laughs> uh, so sorry, chess was one of them, right? Yeah, I'm gonna say chess because it's the only one that anyone can compete in versus these other two. Well, I guess anyone can compete compete in the Powerball, but yeah, it has n- there's zero skill involved. And I know the Powerball is recent, like, but I just I'm I'm with Paul. I think chess. I've seen a lot of commercials for Love Island. Really, it's very. Popular. I don't know how you would win it. I don't know that it it's something you win. <laughs> I don't know why you would Google that, which is why I'm going to say it. I just imagine to win Love Island, you just have to be the sexiest sexy man who's ever sexed. Not necessarily. I think I think it's about whoever can have the greatest um, influencer career post show. Oh, That's okay. really how you yeah. would That's win. That's the real winner of the yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The answer is, how do you win chess? How do you win chess? Josh, how do you win chess? <laughs> so if you uh, get to the end of the board, yeah. you get kinged, and then you get to go back oh, no. uh, with your moves. No, I think no. that's chess, roughly. That's, yeah. Josh, that's Mahjong. <laughs> <laughs> that's Monopoly. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yeah. Can you eat blank? Can you eat pomegranate seeds? Can you eat kiwi skin? Or can you eat acorns? Who is just like in their yard <laughs> picking up handfuls of acorns squirrels. trying to eat them? Well, squirrels. squirrels, if squirrels had access to Google, this question would be, <laughs> this question would still be at the bottom because they know. You yeah. Can. Instinctual. Yeah. 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 Instinct, instinctual? Instinctive? I don't know. we're both like who's gonna google it first so hold on what were the first two again pomegranate seeds kiwi skin oh yeah or acorns i feel like people like for some reason are worried about eating a pomegranate seed so i'm gonna say pomegranate seed it's like the Rugrats episode with Chucky being afraid that he ate the watermelon seed and he was going to die. I, was, <laughs> I thought if one of them was watermelon seed, that would have been the answer. But maybe that's a 90s thing. I, I got to say kiwi skin, it just seems so inedible. Like it's fuzzy. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like a, it's like it's like the other side of Velcro. Like, can you eat it? Maybe. Do I, do you want to eat it? No, not at all. It seems like the least like the least like food thing out of all of these things. Uh, I'm going to say uh, kiwi skin for sure. See, I feel like people get kiwis and they're just confused. They just bite into it like a hand fruit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, you eat everything in the kiwi, just not the skin, because why would you eat something that fuzzy? Well, we're going to go with kiwi skin. All right. Do we all have our answers in? Mm-hmm. Nope. Okay. The answer is, can you eat? Pomegranate seeds. Nice. I just don't feel like pomegranates are common enough for that to be the top answer, but I guess it is. Yeah. I've never eaten. I don't think I've ever had a pomegranate. I've had pomegranate juice a ton. The main thing you eat in the pomegranates are like those little red jewel things. So like those are the seeds. That's all you eat in a pomegranate. What is that? What a fucking question. You're like, (laughs) yes, you you cut into it. and You're like, gee, I wonder what what I'm supposed to eat here. (laughs) It's pretty much all seed. Am I supposed to eat around these things? (laughs) <laughs> All right, in the final round, is rain blank? Is rain boa color? Is rain water safe to drink? Or is rain electromagnetized? Is rain water safe to drink? Yeah, I'm going with is rain water safe to drink. 
Yep. Safe to drink. I agree. A lot of off the grid van lifers out there who might uh, might mm-hmm. need a little bit of a Big tip. True. Hopping on their Ford Transit. Off they go. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. The answer is rain. Water safe to drink. Good job. Good job, guys. You were quick on that one. The answer is no. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, go and buy. You can maybe buy one of those life straws, um, but uh, you can also still get pretty sick from using those. I always, yeah. growing up, I was always, I always thought it was really weird how, like, technically it's illegal to collect rainwater. Maybe where you are. What? I don't think. Yeah, that's... it's against the law. Really? Yeah. What? Interesting. Yeah. Remind <laughs> me to uh, stay in Canada. So I used to have one of those. I don't know what they're called, but it was a little precipitation measure thing that you would put out in your yard and like it would obviously rain would go in it and then you could see how much it rained like by centimeters, millimeters, inches, whatever. And I remember always being afraid that I was going to get in trouble because I was collecting rainwater. I'm waiting for the government to like (laughs) smash down your door. There's like a rainwater barrel you collect for the plants. They're like, stop (laughs) hogging it. Yeah. Bro, what if you have a pool? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, let's move on to the big question. Historically, crafting has been a game mechanic found in RPGs, but over the last few years, as different elements of the RPG genre have been creeping their way into other genres, crafting has found itself in survival games, simulator games, open-world action games, and more. Although developers approach crafting mechanics in different ways, oftentimes it can come across as being tacked on, or less thought out than the rest of the game, sometimes going so far as to feeling like it's only in the game because the developer felt like it had to be in the game. At other times, crafting mechanics can shine, sometimes even being the star of the show. These crafting mechanics can come in the form of minigames, menus, and everything in between. So guys, here's the question. What are some of the better crafting mechanics you've experienced? What games do crafting well? What games do crafting poorly? Mike, I feel like you probably have the most experience with this sort of thing. Not even just like playing games that are more likely to have crafting systems in them, but you're probably more likely to be the one of the four of us that are engaging with those systems. So let's go to you first. What are some of the good crafting mechanics you've experienced and what games do it well and what games do it poorly? Mike, would you call yourself a master craftsman? I would not. (laughs) I actually... You know, I play a lot of games that are very sim related and I guess crafting adjacent and I just don't do much with crafting. I actually don't really pay attention to it for the most part. Wow. Okay. Usually it's just an add on or it's not like the main part of the game. I I guess like games like games like the forest or uh, green hell they do crafting in interesting ways, but I don't really find it all that interesting. <laughs> Green Hell was was it had some good crafting, I will say. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't find crafting all that interesting. Like I'll, I'll be honest. Like I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, and like Skyrim or Breath of the Wild crafting, it's just you just go in and you press some buttons and the crafting gets done. Right. I've never played a game that I can think of where the crafting was like immersive or a game mechanic in itself. Oh, that's not really true. I guess you could say like potion craft is technically a crafting game, but like, yeah, it doesn't feel like a crafting sift system because that's the game. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. What games do it poorly? I would say just MMOs in general usually do it poorly um, because it's just press some buttons and it's done. I'm not saying that the crafting process isn't fun, like going out and finding things and gathering and then coming back in and putting them all together isn't enjoyable, but like the crafting process and mechanics are pretty much, do you have X, Y, and Z? Congratulations, here's the item. Yeah, definitely. So like crafting itself is... Eh. but you know the the process is usually done pretty well gosh like sas factory does it very poorly but i think that's the point i think you're supposed to hate crafting um <laughs> because you're supposed to make things to do it for you yeah i just i don't have a good experience uh or that's a good right. example I mean, of a crafting game if that's your experience that's your experience yeah. the question that i want to ask is why is gathering almost always an action but crafting isn't like why am i why can i right. use a, a pickaxe on ore or an axe on a tree but not a hammer on a nail why is one part active and one part passive and made into menus i don't understand why it's always so separated like like if developers are worried that the crafting portion is gonna be too tedious if if you're if you're using actions to do it but for some reason it's not for gathering i never really understood that you know what the thing is? Like, I've been drawn to games that, like, Potion Craft, and there's another one that's like you're you play as a blacksmith, where you play as a crafting NPC, and I think it's because these games don't have actual crafting active elements to them, so it's kind of like that whole process gets lost. Like, I like when I was playing WoW, I liked being, you know, an alchemist and doing potion stuff, but it was always go find this stuff. Okay, now make sure you have all the items in your inventory. Okay, press this button and it's done. Which is more like fulfilling a checklist than actually doing crafting. Right. Um, which is fine. Again, it, it's serviceable. But there's never any like games that are like I um, like even even uh Skyrim. Like you have a blacksmithing skill tree. It just improves the items that you make, but there's never actually like a skill portion to the blacksmithing, which I always felt was weird. Obviously, it's something that isn't needed, but could be fun. I don't know. I don't. I just don't understand why gathering always gets so much love. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you can look at something like Minecraft. Shout out to Minecraft. And when it comes to crafting, it's it's a solid crafting system. It, it really sort of popularized that style of crafting for so many survival games and other online games. And, and since crafting or sorry, since gathering is kind of something that goes hand in hand with crafting, I'm going to give special shout outs or props here to games like new world, Conan exiles, Valheim games in that vein that do make gathering fun and satisfying. That's, that's a huge important piece to me is making it satisfying and feeling good, not feeling like a chore, but feeling like something I want to do. But again, when it comes to crafting, even in those games, it's not super exciting. But Paul, what about you? What are what are some crafting mechanics you've maybe experienced in games that maybe do it well or do it poorly? Yeah, I think you guys are hitting the nail on the head here a little bit in that uh, I'm just not. A, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I'm just not much of a crafting guy, um, especially when it comes to the games that I'm so familiar with uh, from my youth, which are MMORPGs. Uh, I just don't care for like a bunch of menus upon menus with recipes upon recipes uh, that you click and just stand there and your hands kind of move together. And then all of a sudden 
uh, specifically shouting out wow here and then all of a sudden you have an item in your bag and it has no like tangible physical experience to it uh, especially when you consider there are games even like world of warcraft where gathering feels a little more uh visceral or, or physical there you know when you're playing wow and you're you're it's very auto uh, collect, but there is something about that more so than crafting. And then, of course, like Matt, I mean, we have a lot of similar game experience when it comes to multiplayer games and things like that. So, yeah, my experience with Valheim, The Forest, Conan Exiles, games with like gathering systems that are or New World as well, games with like gathering systems that are really um, physical and you the sound design is really good and you feel like you're actually you know collecting something. I would even say shout out Minecraft. Um, for gathering, you know, I yeah, mean, there's something sure. really amazing about that experience. I mean, not something. It's it's all of that. I mean, mining and and cutting down trees and everything for the first time, incredible. So, gathering seems like they've really hit. They've really been able to kind of narrow down what is great about that. But yeah, crafting. I just feel like, like you said, there's there, there's nothing physical about it. It's not, you know, why can't they do that that thing where it feels tangible like it does gathering? And I will say the games where I've enjoyed crafting the most is games where well, a couple things. Games where the gathering's good. Um, so just if I happen to really enjoy the gathering, then I'm like, well, I have all this stuff. Um, maybe I'll try to build something, especially games right. where it's like, I will say mostly survival games, games where I have to build stuff. Um, you know, when I play Skyrim, when I play, when, not that I've played a lot of Skyrim, when I play Fallout, World of Warcraft, any games where I can get loot or gear or something just from doing other stuff, I will. Uh, I, I never craft my own stuff ever. Um, and, and even when it's not necessarily, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily, it's never better. It's, it's just different. Right. Um, I, if there was a game where it was better, that might actually be enticing, but of course they, they don't really want to gatekeep that stuff. So, but yeah, I would say even though it's different and sometimes exciting, I'm not the kind of person that's drawn into what we, you know, Matt, you and I both have a friend who's like very into like, oh, I want to see if I can put this weird scope on this weapon and then add this thing in and then I can add this like effect to it. And I'm like, whatever they give me is cool. I'm excited. <laughs> like, I, I'm excited just for what they give me. I'm not looking to like make my own uh, gun or whatever. So, uh, you know, generally that's not exciting for me, but yeah, survival games, huge, you know, games like Valheim, Conan Exiles, um, the forest games where I had to make my own house to be able to, you know, survive in the wilderness game. I had to like, I, huge shout out the forest where you actually like add the logs like one by one to yeah, the house like and then lot. it builds up. I thought that was so cool. Um, and you know, you build your boat on the water and you have to like build the pieces of it as you go. I just thought that was really, really cool. Um, again, not necessarily crafting everything in that, but that was a, certainly a cool building system. And I, I think Valheim does a pretty good job with that as well with, with the pieces that they have. And so I love stuff like that, even creating gear in those scenarios, right? Where you have to create your own gathering gear to be able to, to make a cooking station and then eat so you can survive. Uh, I think that is a huge, uh, boon for that. And I will say, you know, shout out to Conan Exiles. I really like that um, crafting system. They definitely have overhauled recently, but I, it's super, it's super simple. Um, but I just like the system where you have a bunch of tables and they do different things and you have to build the tables. And then within that, you know, it's not like clicking the recipe. It's like you have to put the right stuff. It's kind of like Minecraft. Where you like put the right stuff in the combiner yeah. and then that combines it kind of thing. And, and I, I, I find that kind of fun more so than just clicking a button adding all the materials in myself to like the area um, does make it kind of feel cool. And it's cool. You can step away and things keep, um, you know, keep getting crafted and things like that. So again, I, I think that's kind of cool where it feels like you're actually kind of working at a table and you're, and you're building something and you're not just, you know, it's, it's still building in the background or you're, you're smelting something and the, the furnace is still going. Um, that feels real or it feels more like you're working in your house and you're, you've got a couple different irons in the fire, literally and metaphorically. 
and it's cool. So yeah, huge shout out for me, survival games and just games that try to get that physicality down. I'm still not a major crafting person, but when it comes to like crafting to live, I think that's really enticing versus like, oh, I got a really good piece of armor, but I could get like a slightly better piece of armor or like, uh, or like I could just level up a skill for no reason if I make it myself. <laughs> yeah, you made a really good point as far as like in RPGs where, yes, yeah, you can craft gear and weapons, but it's never, it's almost never better than what you can just go find. Maybe it's on the same level or like you said, it's just different. What does feel good as far as crafting is being able to modify weapons and and gear and stuff like that. I think modifying them through crafting feels much better than making them through crafting because it feels like you're taking something that exists and then you're changing it. You're not just creating this alternate item that you could use, uh, but you're actually taking something and, and making it different instead of making a different item. But Josh, what about you? So I don't do a whole lot of crafting in games. I just find it tedious and boring, but I'm going to give it to uh, RuneScape at least. I, I feel like... True, yeah. I mean, it, the whole game is skilling and crafting in various ways, you know, be it construction, literally, just crafting, rune crafting. You know, it, it's they're not exactly the most complex skill and activity-wise, but, I mean, there's something to be said that everybody can just constantly do it, and it's that engaging, even though it's just the same content over and over again. So, I mean, I think they nailed it. As far as bad goes, for what I've played, as much as I love Skyrim, uh, it's, it's, it's not good. It's just the same old thing over and over again, whereas it's rewarding in RuneScape. and Skyrim, it just feels tedious as shit and unrewarding as fuck. And then probably the worst has been Mass Effect Andromeda for me. Really? It's So there is one particular really, really annoying part about it. So... To craft a gun, there's two steps. The two steps are annoying as shit. First step, you have to like unlock the blueprint, but the blueprint like requires you collect like some odd amount of things, and then you can go craft the blueprint. All right, great. Then you have to collect all the ingredients just to craft the gun uh, to copy the blueprint. So by the time you've done all that, you're like four levels ahead of whatever the fucking gun Jesus. you were going to create. And it was the case with the guns like every single time. Good God, it was a shit show. I mean, that's really it. I mean, I could honorable mention New World, but it's really good at the beginning. It kind of falls off towards the end. And then you could also honorable mention as far as the bad side of it. Hopefully it gets improved with Dragonflight, but wow, crafting systems yeah, are. It's terrible. Oh, it's bad. And you can tell, like, even in, like, Wrath, like, it feels like shit. <laughs> they, and they've changed it over time, and it's they've just never gotten it. I actually think that the original systems were the best that they've had so far. It feels like 2004. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. And I do think developers are just afraid of making both gathering active and crafting. I think that they're afraid that it's going to be too much. You're asking too much of players and it's going to feel like it takes too much of their time. But give it a shot. I say just give it a shot. It doesn't have to be super in-depth, but let me like actually swing a hammer on this board to make this furniture for my house in New World or make me actually pour these two concoctions together to make a potion in, in some game. Like It doesn't have to be a menu. It, it, I understand it's, it's adding new mechanics. 
animations and, and whatnot, but you did that for gathering. You can do it for crafting. Exactly. I mean, God's sakes, I'll talk about it in the water cooler, but like New World, like I've played some of the musical instruments. That's fun and engaging as it's shit. It's so good. It's so good. And it's, it's fantastic, but I'll talk about it more. All right. Well, none of us really do a lot of crafting in games, but I think it comes down to the overall issue with crafting in games. It's just not super fun. It's not engaging, and the rewards aren't that great. Unless it's like what Paul said in in like a survival game where that literally is the whole game and that's kind of what you have to do. And even then, it doesn't always feel great. All right, let's move on to the score is right. In the score is right, I give the panelists a video game title and they have to give me their best estimate for its Metacritic score based on the best scoring platform upon initial release. In this mini game, we use prices right rules, meaning the one who is closest to the correct score without going over will win. We're going to play nine rounds, rotating the order in which our three panelists make their guesses for each round. The panelist with the most close guesses at the end wins. All right, we're going to go in the order of Mike, Paul, Josh, and we'll rotate through those through three rotation rounds. All right, so first one, Mike, Sonic Mania. Um, Sonic Mania. So as you remember last week on the show, I, I mentioned that it was in the notes that I was that I saw yeah. as you were you were yeah. playing rank them up with us. So uh, yeah, yeah. can you 89. remember? Okay, eighty nine. Paul, uh, Sonic Mania. I believe I'm going to say ninety one. Ninety one. Josh, eighty seven. Eighty seven. All right. The actual score for Sonic Mania is. Everyone's over. It's an 86. 86. Oh. Right. Oof. Now, Man. Sonic Mania Plus. That hurts. Forget about it. 90, 91. What was it? It was 91, I think, or okay. 90, something like that. All right. Paul, you're up first. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019. <clears throat> so everyone loves it, which makes me think, you know, maybe it didn't get its highest score. I know that this, like, I feel like game outlets don't always, I don't know. I'm going to say 79. All right, Josh. Uh, I'm going to go 88. All right, and Mike? I'm going to go 72. All right, the actual score for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019 is 81. 81. Well, shit. So it was me. That was you. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, Josh, you're up first on this one. What was the score for New World? Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm going to go with... The- 69. Right. Nice. <laughs> Mike? 72. Uh, 74. All right. The actual score for New World was 70. 70, Josh. Nice. All right. Mike? Mm-hmm. What was the score for Valorant? Fuck if I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 75. Paul? 85. Josh? Uh, 82. All right. The actual score for Valorant was 80. 80. Damn. Paul, what was the score for Apex Legends, a shadow <laughs> drop game? And well, I was just going to say a shadow drop game. Hmm. Apex Legends. I'm going to say 82. All right. Josh? Uh, 87. Whoa. 
Mike? Mm, 70. All right. The actual score for Apex Legends was 89. Wow. 89. Wow. <laughs> yeah. People That's really, aggressive. really liked it. People loved it. It was really unique. Yeah. And I think the shadow drop definitely helped uh, the score. Agreed. All right. The Witcher 2, Assassin of Kings. Oh, shit. God. I, it feels like an 85 type of game. Is that what you're going with? Yeah. Yeah. All right. 85. Mike, what are you doing? I don't know. Um, 76. All right. Paul? Uh, okay. I'm going to say $1, Bob. All right. The actual score for The Witcher 2, Assassin of Kings was... 88. 88. Jesus Christ. That was a, that was a Mike? Mike win? No, nah, then maybe Josh. 85. Josh. Josh is killing it. All right. So going into the final three games here, what what's the score? Do we have we a got score? Mike and I tied with one and Josh at three. Wow. Okay. Josh, you have a lead to hold on to here. Oh, uh, boy. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Mike, starting off with you, what was the actual score for Celeste? Fuck. Um, 84 all right paul um celeste actual score mike what did you say 84 84 i'm gonna say 88 90 wow all right the actual score for celeste was 94 wow 94 michael you have little faith (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what to tell you <laughs> to the listeners no Mike rebuttal. just shrugged didn't know what to say <laughs> it was wonderful <laughs> alright two more games the only one here who has played Celeste and I think it's really good I just I don't know <laughs> Paul you're up first what was the actual score for Tunic 81 Josh 87 Mike 82 alright the actual uh, score oh. for Tunic was 85 Damn you. I thought it was 85 or 86, but I didn't know which. All right. Going into the final game, what is the score? Josh four, Mike two, me one. All right. So Josh, you've you've got the win secured, but we're going to play the final round here. I'm going for five, baby. Let's go. And you go first on this one, Josh. What was the actual score for Kirby and the Forgotten Land? Oh, uh, 88. All right, Mike. 80. Paul? Uh, 98. <laughs> okay. The actual score <laughs> for Kirby and the Forgotten Land was 98. What? Oh, my no- Whoa. No. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was 85. 85. Eight. Josh, great job. Great job. Mike trailing up quick behind, though. Good, Mike, good Mike going to pot. Yeah. All right. 4 3 1. Is that the final score? It, uh, yeah, it was 4 3 1. All right. Good job, Josh. Let's move on to the water cooler. We're going to take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we have been playing this week. And because I know Paul and Josh and I (laughs) all have one game in common, and you guys maybe played something else as well, but we're going to go to Mike first because of that. So Mike, let's hear what you played this week. Mm. Great. What did I play this week? Um, Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Overwatch? <laughs> Overwatch. Uh, Apex Legends? No, I didn't play any Apex. No, just two really, really? bad games. <laughs> no. Call of Duty. Overwatch. A little bit of Moonbreaker. That's it. That's all I played. 
yeah, not not a great week. Not a great week. Uh, Modern <laughs> Warfare Two, still bad. Still bad. Overwatch Two, still worse. It's fun though. I'm surprised you're still playing it. To be honest. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I haven't touched it in a few days. I don't know if I will. It's really fun. <laughs> Overwatch Two? No, it's yeah. not. Yes, no, it it's, is. It's not fun. It's not fun at all. If you don't care about winning, it's really fun. Like oh, okay. it feels fun to play <laughs> to pilot the characters. Like they did a good job with that. Just like the original game. It's the same game. It's the same game. <laughs> it's fun. No. <laughs> you can't tell me what I think is fun. And you can't tell me what I think is not fun. I agree. <laughs> it's is bad is bad i don't i don't know what else to say um modern warfare 2 more maps are becoming more and more annoying and i hate them yep Yep. there are more maps that if they show up i just cancel out of the queue and then requeue because i don't ever want to play on the hydro factory i never want to play on tarak oh it can go fuck itself why can't you filter maps? I don't get it. I don't know. But like no one would ever play on the maps that they like. <laughs> I will play on on Border Town, though. If the game becomes shitty, I will just quit out of it because I'm not subjecting myself to um, certain play styles on that map. Mike's down to two maps. He's he's grinding gold camos <laughs> on two maps. <laughs> I, now, now to be clear, I will I will play certain maps, but but like after like an hour or so, I'm just like nah, not gonna play that. Let me see, Modern Warfare two maps. Which ones? The hotel's a good one. Hotel's a good. The one. hotel's a great one that I don't see like ever. Okay, so I'll play Albagra Fortress. I think Albagra Fortress is oh, that's great. Good. Yeah, that's, that's a good the one, hotel. Yeah. The Raceway, El Asilo, uh, Embassy, Farm 18, Mercado Las Almas, the Border Crossing, all great. Okay. Hydroelectric yeah. sucks. What the fuck is Valderis Museum? I've never <laughs> seen this map. That was cut. Yeah, they took that out of the game. Oh, my God. It looks so oh, cool. Okay. okay. They had uh, uh, copyright issues or something on that one. Uh, they were going to get sued, okay. I think. Okay, so Tarak and Zarqua Hydroelectric can go get fucked. I never want to see them. Everything else is fine. I love playing all the other maps. I can't wait for Shoot House to come back. I do- Shipment is going to be AIDS, but whatever. <laughs> and then I don't play Ground War. Um, so yeah, the maps that I can stand have shrunk, but there's still plenty of maps for me to play on. Uh, yeah. I don't see Hotel nearly as often as I want to, yeah. or Fortress. I see a lot of Raceway now. I see a lot of Embassy. And I see a lot of Farm 18. I think El Asilo is too big, but that's just me. It has a really large like back area where that little hut is. Like it's there. That little both shack. sides have it's, really really back large back areas. It's like why it like, doesn't mm. need to be that big? No, it doesn't. And playing like headquarters or. Playing playing hardpoint on that map is like fucking impossible because it just bounces so far away. Right, yeah. It, it it's annoying. If I if I get hardpoint on LSELO, I might just quit out of it because I'm not just gonna I'm not I'm not dealing with that. And that's that's kind of what I like about Call of Duty is that like if I'm just not having a good time, I can just leave yeah, at yeah. any point and try again. But Warzone's coming. Yes, Warzone is coming. I'm gonna play that tomorrow. Do we know anything about the map? No. Well, I know some things about the map. Okay. There's a demilitarized zone on the map, which is how you collect the new guns. Oh, okay. 
there there's also going to be um mechanically driven like locations so like if you're hurt there's a hospital on the map so you have to go to the hospital oh so it's forcing people to certain locations yeah i like that that's what i heard i have an issue with that (laughs) because my friend was telling me about this i'm just like oh that's a neat idea except when i'm just gonna go to the hotel and snipe people that are going to go get medical help yes yes but i feel like it's (laughs) uh there's like a tactical aspect to it then it just adds a little bit more yeah, it Strategy. makes it more interesting. I know that they're, I think they're going to multiple circles. Whoa. I know they played around with it in Warzone 1. Uh, this idea. So on the newest map of Warzone, they had this um, gas nuke, essentially. So basically, you could have an area of the map that got gas Oh, um, if you detonated it. It was hard to do, but it was an interesting way of forcing people out of quote unquote safe area. Right. It was slow expanding, but it would cut off a part of the map for a little bit. And now I think Warzone 2, I think they're going to do multiple circles or have one big circle that shrinks down to three circles that then merge to two. And then they're being more dynamic with the circle rather than just one circle getting really small. Um, I also think... And they might have done this in Warzone 1. I don't think they ever close the circle all the way, right? I think it just moves around um, once it gets to the final circle. Yeah, I think you're right. So I know that they're doing that. I know that's about it. I don't know what else they're doing with the map, but I'm interested to see what it is. And then Overwatch 2, um, I've just been getting really uh, salty. (laughs) I'm going to say salty. Um, I've been playing tank. I've been playing competitive. And I'm just like constantly angry at my DPS for not DPSing. My buddy plays support, so that's usually not an issue. It's just I'll have DPS calling me out for issues of them not doing damage. And I'm just like, that's not my problem. (laughs) Do damage. (laughs) Just just kill people. That's all I'm asking. (laughs) Like you have the simplest job and it's just it's just frustrating. Very, very, very frustrating. So I just, you know, Overwatch 2, meh, meh, whatever. That's all right. And yeah, that's really it. I need to play more games um, because right now there, I need to play Pentiment. Yes. Yeah. I feel the same way though, Mike. Like God of War just came out. I haven't, I haven't bought it yet. I bought yeah, the, the Last of Us not... remake. I haven't played it yet. Like there's oh, wow. Tunic. I, I want to get back into that. There's so much stuff, but I'm playing New World. yeah same that's all i'm doing right now is playing new world yeah i need to play um new world right mike i need to continue playing sonic oh true yeah it wasn't even that like i played it and i was just like eh, whatever it's just i haven't gotten in front of my tv in a minute a lot of people unhappy with donkey's review i was so Uh, i love because it was a bad review like i mean (laughs) it's not a review it's not a review, but people are taking it as a review because he showed scores at the end, and it's just like it's, it's not a review. Oh look, bugs in a game. Yeah, no shit, donkey. Like I wasn't salty at his review or his video. I was just like, yeah, funny shit happens. But like the first, so the boss in which he's just like, wow, I just press X all the time. That's the combat. That's the first thing that you fight. Yeah, of course, <laughs> X is all you press. Like, that is the first thing I fought. Ninja, and then 
the um, giant thing with uh, spikes at the top with lasers going around in circles. Those are the first two things that you fight in the game. It's like, good job, Dunkey. <laughs> but I mean, it's Dunkey, so it is what it is. I'm more so upset by the zero scores on the user scores that are just like, Dunkey, I saw yeah, Dunkey's yeah. video. <laughs> Fuck this game. It's yeah. like, all right, Spaghetti dude. and meatballs. Yeah, they're like, Dunkey told me this game is bad, so I'm giving it zero. But like, because yeah. Dunkey made a joke about it. He was like, people are yeah. saying like, uh, the game that they like they're review bombing because they're trying to get back at donkey <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just like whatever the user score that i take to heart is the fact that it was like an 8.8 .8. and the reason that it was is because sonic fans wanted a game that the game itself is not a nine i would never say that the game is a nine but i'd say that the direction that they took and them taking a chance and actually delivering on something is a nine for effort, <laughs> which you don't usually get that from a AAA company. So, you know, kudos to them. Yeah, I, it is what it is, whatever. But yeah, I have to play that. I have to play Pendament. I have to play some other games. I have to go through and look at all these uh, game of the year nominees yeah. and how trash they all are. That's coming up on a, on a show in two weeks. I think yeah. we're going to be doing the predictions episode. Yeah, yeah. The those nominations for all those categories sucked ass. <laughs> and it's not even that I don't think Elden Ring is game of the year because I do, but like why the fuck is Stray there? Yeah. Get cat. That's it. <laughs> why the fuck is Stray there? Like why is Stray there? Why is Stray on I everything. And the thing is <laughs> when Stray came out, I was just like that's going to be a game of the year nominee and it doesn't need it doesn't deserve it, but it's going to be. And like I, I have plenty of people that would tell me that it's the best game that they played this year. But like, why? Because cat? It's cat. charming. It's a good indie. It's fun. Like if it's if for what it is, for what it's supposed to be, which is like a walking sim as a cat, and there's a little story. It's very charming. They do what they're trying to do. Great. It's just sure. that's not really a video game. It's barely a video game. And it's <laughs> definitely, definitely not game of the year. That's my thing, yeah. though. Like. Plague Tale Requiem, that's the elevated walking sim yes. that's, that's in the nominations yes. list. Like, we can't have two of those in there. That's doing something different. That's no, that's, but, you know, but that's Plague Tale Requiem, you don't play as a cat. That's right. true. That's true. Because cat. See, oh, that's cat. right. Probably would have been good. A lot of rats in that game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You'd, it wouldn't be as dangerous of a game. You'd just go yeah. down all the rats. No, like, I, I, there's so many games that I want to highlight that I feel they just didn't in the Game Award noms. We'll talk about that later. Could be better, Jeff. Could be better, Jeff. Paul, let's go to you because you played, you've been playing some Overwatch and then you've also been playing New World. So we'll, we'll go from you starting with Overwatch a little bit and then yeah. we'll get you into New World and then we'll uh, fade over into Josh. Yeah. Well, what if I've been playing other games? Well, I haven't. Throw them in the middle. I haven't. Um, yeah, uh, I played some. I played some Overwatch. It's not worth mentioning because it's just like I don't have an academic opinion on it in any way. Uh, I just really, I just, I like, I just enjoy it. Like, I'm not. I, I, I hate this because this is like a bad opinion. Like, it's like a bad opinion to be like, it's just fun. So, like, who gives a shit? Like, I think it really <laughs> matters. I think it really matters, like the the team comp and it being winnable and it being like a well designed game. I think all that is super valid. And I'm like, like, I don't think you know, anyone should take my opinion as like being a good opinion about the game. Uh, cause I'm not coming at it from like a competitive standpoint, but I've been having so much fun playing Overwatch too. I mean, it's just, 
it's just goofy, you know. It's just like everyone plays kind of fun. It's it's the same thing I liked about Overwatch. So I've just been it's like a good thing to decompress with at the end of the day to just jump in and see how many kills I can get or see if I can heal and you know push the game the you know the team to victory in some way. You know, even if if I really looked at it, it had nothing to do with me unless I was a tank or something. It's like probably, but I feel little victories in the moment. So. You no, know, it's been fun for me. So yeah, it's 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 good. I, I, and it's just fun that people are playing it, and it feels like it's kind of part of the zeitgeist right now. So you know, I could have been playing Overwatch One, and you know, probably gotten some games. But you know, no matter what role I queue as, I can get games in like less than five minutes, which is so you know, I'm you know, like a minute if I'm playing support queue or something. So it's you know, it's it's just kind of a fun thing to to goof around. And also, I still really enjoy like the all random mode. Uh, where everyone just picks everyone gets just yeah that sounds fun randomly picked into different heroes because it really breaks the entire meta thing down you can have like three tanks and then it becomes like an absolute shit show and so it's kind of it's kind of fun just to throw the whole thing uh, out of whack too when i get like annoyed with the fact that like team comps are kind of garbage uh so that's been fun uh yeah and then i'll just get into new world real quick i, I gotta cap myself here but i i do need to say i kind of spoke out of my ass last week I kind of spoke too soon. <laughs> I have a little, I have a, a big uh, crow in front of me that I'm going to dig into because I got to eat some crow here. Uh, yeah, it's it's not just the fuzzy part of a, of a peach. What? Kiwi. Kiwi. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The point is, uh, New World's actually been pretty fun um i've i mean if we can go back and quote me when uh matt you and i and our and our buddy were playing on friday night uh when i could easily be quoted as saying like this is one of the better uh group gameplay experiences i've had in a while and definitely uh the best mmo gameplay like dungeoning experience i've had in a very long time since you know and especially for a fresh game you know i think a lot of my Good experiences playing WoW, you know, in in recent memory would be from like playing Classic in some variation, whether or not Burning Crusade or, or, and and I don't know if I would count that because a lot of that, you know, is still really fun, but there's like a nostalgia element that's like impossibly tied to that. But yeah, there's something, we we all went and we played an expedition, um, which is like New World's group dungeoning content. uh, And we found some people to run us through it and just just super creative the the puzzle mechanics not that there's like a ton of them but they're they're there and they're cool um the creativity with like just when you see a game and i think i pointed it out as much as you can add particle effects and and different things to world of warcraft and i'm maybe i'm talking to my ass because i mean or i'm not saying anything new because like you know people have played final fantasy 14 and other great um, MMOs as well that are newer um, but certainly when you play games that are from 2004 or even with Final Fantasy 14 games that are from like 2013 um, when you see something that was built in the modern era like in the last couple of years you can see just like you can see something that is truly modern you can see the way that things move around the way the particle effects work the way the physics work uh, it just feels yeah it just feels really it feels more real more immersive yeah. Uh, this and like you said before, the sound design's great. I finally stuck some headphones in while I've been playing, even just one in the side. I can still watch Fraser while playing, but I stick one <laughs> headphone in just to hear the chops of the trees and the the ghouls screaming at me. Or the what, what are they called? The uh, the the lost. The lost. Is that's the, what they're called, right? The, the lost. Cho- the chosen. Think, the fallen. So, yes. There's some other thing I think too. Some bullshit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the unsullied. I don't know some some shit. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, it's been totally cool. Um, I, I'll still say I'm still ignoring all of the story. Like I'm not reading it or paying attention. I know that like last week I said that was something that was happening and that's still something that's happening. I, I don't particularly care. 
Um, but the game, the world is still so immersive. Uh, you know, the, the, what am I trying to think of? Uh, like the communities, what do you call the towns, the settlements? Yeah. Settlements. Yeah, the yeah. settlements are wild. They feel um, so alive. They feel so alive. And of course, like the two main ones, it's like Stormwind and wow is so cool. It's the same thing here. It's like clearly what was intended to be kind of the main stuff in, in um, Everfall and, and Windsward are, are so homey. And the, the updates they've done to Everfall where it is like this, like British industrial revolution kind of feeling like town like it, yeah. like it was like a, you know it was like a, an american uh colony kind of thing that coming to the new shores uh very cool uh really really awesome love that aesthetic and i also love the aesthetic of like the medieval town in windsward and the other towns are really really cool too the new desert thing is really awesome funny enough i used to be very into the desert but it's not like my huge aesthetic right now i just don't find it as comfy as I do the other spots. Um, and, and there are some other cool towns, but yeah, Windsward has been so amazing. I love the player housing where it's instance, but while you're in there, you can see other people outside in the town. It really feels like you're at home in a place and you're not just like in your own little silo. Right. I love that the how I love that the housing takes the concept of, you know, there's empty houses. Not every house can be a crafting station or a quest hub. And so the other houses that would just be kind of be there to fill up space you're allowed to live in them because like why not because they're just there yeah great use of space like just a, such a great way to think of how to design imagine like stormwind or some other place in wow and there's all these empty houses why not live in all of them and they're all in weird spots so they have different quirks to where their backyard is or something so cool and yeah again combat's great you know i mean the crafting's uh crafting's fine again we talked about earlier i'm not like some crafting master and it is still a little bit not like not kind of the not the kind of crafting i love but I will say, unlike some of the other games, I do feel like some of the crafted stuff is kind of beneficial or can you, you don't always find loot that's like so much better than some stuff you could craft, at least early on. And so I think that like there is kind of like an enticing feeling to crafting or well, like and that kind of goes to what I was saying about modifying, because there is so yes. much modifying with the gear because of all yeah. the perks and stuff. It's like, oh, I got this really rare item. Very, very cool. But also I could get like a light. I could make a, like a less rare item that might have like not quite as many perks but it could have this like one that i really want like i could put chain lightning on it or something and it's like right. oh okay well i mean i might that might be worth it like it's kind of the different thing it's maybe not necessarily better but different um and that's cool and that's kind of the whole play style right i mean obviously when it's like overwatch 2 once you get down to it there's metas and there's things that just work better and, and things that aren't as viable like when you know in terms of like what what's gonna you know you could you could anything works you know what i mean you can you can play the game like ice gauntlet and fire staff but like if you look online people are like you have to work like 10 times as hard to like kill things with those when other compared to like this other boring weapon or whatever or just a more traditional weapon uh and it's like yeah maybe but it's still fun and it's cool that you can do all these different things so i mean i just like the flair it's the same thing i like about overwatch i like the flair i like that you can do all these different things i think there's great building blocks uh, yeah. And I mean, I could just go on and on, but I, I'm having a great time with it and, uh, yeah, no sign of, no sign of stopping. And, and the graphics and the landscape chef's kiss, beautiful. Like I'm, I'm definitely one to, you know, it's, it's weird for me, but like, you know, landscapes and games, I'll definitely go like, wow, look at this beautiful place. Um, and I, and I'm often one to go like, you know, I'll see a beautiful sunset on like a cold winter day here in real life. And I'll be like, oh, it reminds me of Howling Fjord and wow. Mm, yeah. or something like, like a lot of times the world reminds me of games and not the other way around. But I think like New World kind of gives me that feeling too. And there's been a couple games and it's often MMOs more so like with a certain graphic style. Guild Wars 2 kind of almost got me there. Um, but this is, this is for sure it. Like 
some of the the lighting effects and the sun the, the way the sun the sets lighting certain, is great the lighting's insane and then you add that in with like you know the way that the grass moves and the trees sway and it doesn't have to be perfect it's like it's like it doesn't have to be super detailed um it just has to like everything has to sit just right to kind of trick your brain into feeling like it's a real place and it does and so yeah there's there's so many times in this game where i just look at the the landscape and i go like wow i really feel like i'm i'm somewhere somewhere great and so yeah that's that's been really great i just love going through and experiencing that yeah we were running to corinth which is the city mm-hmm. in windsward with our buddy because he when you're when you start new world you're plopped down into one of two zones and he hadn't been to that one he started in the other zone so we were running to corinth with him so you could check that out and as we were running there we were like going through this forest and i'm like the trees are like the right size to scale everything and there's enough of them to make it feel dense and this feels like an actual force and i can actually go up to every single one of these trees and cut them down yeah it's so immersive the game is so immersive in that way and in many other ways but yeah i mean i'm also just having a great time with it i did the first expedition four times now it's really solid it's fun there's like two bosses but there are like little mini bosses and like more difficult enemies than normal enemies and it's just a lot of fun. It's a good time. They, I, I wish there were more of them. I know there are more coming throughout the leveling, leveling process and at Endgame. I wish they had a few more, like every five levels instead of every ten. But but I get it. They're playing from behind and they like launched with just the one. I think so. It, it's still coming, but they got some catch up work to do. But I'm just enjoying the leveling and gearing process. I, I'm still enjoying the story bits. It, it's just a really good time. It's a lot of fun. And like I said, it's one of those games that's keeping me from other games that I would otherwise really want to play like God of war. Obviously I really do want to play that, but because I'm enjoying new world so much right now, I don't want to take time away from like whatever time I can play a game right now. I don't want to take time out of new world. Cause I'm just Which enjoying it. So huge much. accolade, huge accolade. And I think it's a, it, it's a testament to the immersion yeah. Uh, the immersiveness that that you don't want to leave that world, which is yeah. good for them. So and cool. because there's so much that I have left to see in that world too. I've, yeah. I've barely scratched the surface and I, I would just, I'd, I want to explore more. I want to see more. And I heard people say like leveling so quick, but I actually think that it's like the perfect speed it's for someone speed, like yeah. us who has like a, f- a couple hours, maybe like every other day to play like after work or something, or like a, maybe a longer session on the weekend for like four to six hours just perfect to like make it last a little bit of time for sure you get you feel like you make noticeable increases during like a long weekend play you may you know maybe go up five levels six levels but then like you don't go too fast on the rest of the week for sure josh what about you i know you you've also been playing new world and anything else that you've got going on go ahead yeah so it's mostly been uh new world and modern warfare 2 although primarily modern warfare 2 it's just i mean it's buggy as shit but it's fun uh actually this is the first modern warfare 2 where i'm actually playing search uh normally i hate that shit and for whatever reason i just got into it and i'm having a blast nice but it's solid i'm enjoying it uh the skill-based matchmaking has gotten on my nerves a little bit uh but it's it's really not been as bad as i felt like i experienced in modern warfare 1 do you feel like you're in a really difficult bracket right now no, I feel like I'm right where I need to be. Okay. There's a there's a couple games where I may like you know dominate or I may like kind of eat a little bit of shit and uh, you know play like ass, but uh, it's it's here and there. For the most part, it's pretty pretty consistent. But yeah, the main issue I've had with Modern Warfare Two, 
Um, and I actually recorded a lot of it. It was just the bugginess of like the textures. So there's the co-op like event story mode things, whatever they are. I don't know exactly what they're called. Um, it's not the campaign, but it's some like scenario basically. And for whatever reason, every time I spawned in, there were just no textures, like none. Jeez. I could see A, B, and C, uh, and I could go to them, and that was about it, but I couldn't see walls or anything like that. What? But <laughs> I could see where every person was on the map, but they weren't like actual people. They were just floating guns. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I could like zoom in to B, and there would just be like what looked like a flock of geese <laughs> walking along the street. Uh, there was also a juggernaut, so this full armored like bastard just walking around, but with no body, just floating armor. <laughs> so I mean, it was it was buggy as shit, but it was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, that was that was uh, a modern warfare uh, experience for this week. New World, uh, I didn't play it as much. I've kind of been jumping around a while a little bit, just getting ready for the fifteenth, which is well today. But um, I it's the immersion is it's hard to describe, but it feels better now. And I think that's just because everything runs a little smoother now. The game runs smoother. Yeah. The questing system is much smoother. And I'm I'm spending less time dealing with bullshit and much more time just focusing on the game and the world, um, which means I'm just way more immersed and just having fun all the time. Um, the sound is fantastic. The music is really not bad. I mean, it's nothing to write like home about, but it's enough to keep you into it. Combat is still... New World Combat, so there's things I like about it. There's things I'm not just wild about. It gets a little stale. I find I'm switching weapons a lot, which is probably their goal with that. Yeah. But uh, it still gets a little old sometimes because I'm a strength build, so I'm still a little limited on what I can use. But yeah, that's uh, that's really been it with New World. I haven't done any like um, multiplayer content or anything quite yet. I'm level like 28, I think, 27. Um, so really every time I've been logging on these past few days, uh, I've just been playing music. I, for whatever yeah. reason, it's so good. It's so fun. You get any tips? I've gotten a handful of them. I think All I've right. made about like 24 gold or something. <laughs> Nothing right. crazy. I've totally forgot about the music. We had way, way too much fun. Like as, especially with three of us, we were mm -hmm. trying to play songs where we could play all the different bits and the combinations very much like how, like Matt, you and I love Sea of Thieves music so much, but mm -hmm. then there's like a yeah. skill, skill based part too, where you can actually get it wrong. It's so fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've always wanted to play as like a bard, like in an MMO. And I feel like it's like, honestly, the closest I can get. But yeah. Uh, that's that's really been about it for me this week, though. I haven't like we, me and Faye played a little bit of New Vegas, um, but that's for uh, Southern Fry Groups. But other than that, uh, that's that's really about it. Are you going to be playing New World at all anymore once Dragonflight comes out? Uh, it'll definitely be on the back burner for a little while until <laughs> I, I get like caught up to, uh, uh, you know, gearing standard <laughs> for Dragonflight. Yeah. As of right now, I just don't see myself dropping New World for Dragonflight. Of course, things can change in two within two weeks, but I'm just I'm just enjoying it so much, and it's it's weird to say it's, it's weird to say that that WoW uh, WoW expansion would be bumped off for something else, especially another MMO. It's weird to say. All right, let's move on to tickle my listicle. In tickle my listicle, the panel puts together a list to fit around a certain topic. And then we discuss our picks right here on the show. We're going to take turns sharing our picks for each round until we get to the number one pick. 
in every category. This week's listicle is our top three favorite video game narratives. The storyline. I'm describing what narrative means to you guys. Let's get right into this thing. Paul, we're going to go to you first. Number three, or any honorable mentions that you might have, you can go ahead with those as well. What's your number three on your list of your top three favorite video game narratives? This is so difficult. This is so difficult. So I'm just going to knock out right the way something that like isn't probably like the best, okay. which is something I personally love. It's life is strange. I knew it. Uh, I love, <laughs> I love the name. I just love the story. Uh, you know, it's great. And it's a very story-based game and it definitely as much as it's a choices matter game. I mean, really the story is pretty much the same basic beats and yeah. it's very, it's pretty linear. I mean, you can make some definite choices and those will affect how people react to certain things, but generally it's a pretty similar story. And I've, I won't belabor it because I've gone on the show. If anyone listens about crying over it and how great it is. And so, yeah, it's just, you know, it's pretty cringy at times. Uh, it definitely, you know, probably won't hold up with the test of time, I think. Uh, but I really enjoy it. Josh, you're number three. I uh, debated on which one was going to go in the number three slot. And I still may change it. You know what? I kind of feel like I have to. I'm going with the, <laughs> uh, the Dark Brotherhood and Oblivion. It is just mm, fantastic. Wow. I mean, it is like one case of Bethesda, like falling over and accidentally writing something good. I mean, it is just incredible. It takes some really solid twists and turns. Like, I know it's probably been spoiled for everybody at this point, but if someone has never played it, dear God, go play it. It's fantastic for the Dark Brotherhood alone. It's so good. Very nice. I like that pick. Mike, you're number three. I'll go with Knights of the Old Republic too. Um, because it's it's just a really good, really good story, you know? There, there's a lot of different ways that you can take it. There's different people that you can get. You don't always end up with the same uh, people in your crew. Um, there's a few people that can get switched out based on your evil versus good mentality and choices that you make along the way. Also really interesting that you can make, you know, basically everyone into a Jedi if you want to. Um, and the ending, every every Star Wars game has, you know, two endings um this one is also two endings um so of course it kind of you know has a good ending has a bad ending but it's a good story it's fun it's it's nifty nifty little story very nice my number three is the witcher three now while it's an original story in itself i'm not going to put it higher because it is based off an existing property although bloody baron that is an original storyline and it's a top-tier video game storyline. I think it's great. I think there are a lot of side stories which are mostly original, and those are what elevate the game to another level. Very few games have good side quests, and the side quests in The Witcher 3 are truly amazing. And so that's why it gets number three. Paul, you're number two. Number two, coming in uh, with another indie darling. Going to uh, shout out what remains of Edith Finch. Nice, uh, Matt. You and I talk about it. It's a great uh, video game story. Something I like another game where I was completely glued to the screen. I would, you know, it's not necessarily a narrative. I mean, it is. It is definitely. It's an anthology story a little bit, but it yeah. does kind of have this overarching, uh, you know, frame story. Yeah, it has like a overarching uh, through line of being like members of a family who all have their own tragic pasts, and then it does kind of you know, resolve with a main character who kind of is, you know, is, is experiencing that with you. So, uh, yeah, really incredible. Again, something I've been meaning to play again soon. And, uh, one of the more unique, 
uh, definitely the most unique experience I've had in like a walking sim story based game where they really add gameplay elements beyond just like walking around, but it's still not difficult. It's not like it's not necessarily like a, a challenge based game. Yeah, truly unique game. I like that pick. Josh, numero dos. So I debated with this one because, gosh, it'd be such an easy, like, uh, it's really good. I enjoy it. But you know what? Fuck it. We'll go with the smaller one. I'm going to I'm go Firewatch. Firewatch Ooh, was wow. a lot of fun. Um, if it's a walking sim and it's going to do enough to keep me interested, it's got to be pretty decent. I don't know. I just thought the narrative was interesting. Like, it. It overall wasn't like that important, but it just told a neat story in a succinct way that you could play like almost as a movie on like a Friday night. Like it was just super cool, uh, a lot of fun, and uh, it'd be it'd be one of those I'd like to like just go back and replay at some point, uh, just to kind of watch it all unfold again. Nice, and it's a short game. It's like what two or three hours. Yeah, that yeah. I think we've uh, finished it in three. Yeah. Now, do you feel like this is a recency bias thing or do you really feel like it is it is definitely up there for you it's definitely up there but there certainly could be some recency bias because uh i mean let's be realistic mass effect one was sitting there right alongside it right uh it's just like you know we know where we're going exactly (laughs) mike you're number two um i'm gonna go with oh i kind of want to give it my number one but i'm not sure i've been debating over this uh signalis I'll, I'll give it give it my number two right now, I guess. Um, actually, yeah, I'm going to give it that. So Signalis uh, came out, I don't know, a month ago? Rather recent. Um, very, very good. Very cool story. Um, I don't know what to say about it without giving it spoilers. Because it's just, it's very in- involved. It's very um, cerebral. Uh, I guess ambiguous. It's open to interpretation. You don't really know what happened. Even when you get to the end, you're just like, hmm, I'm not really sure. There's a lot of lore present throughout the game. Um, there's a lot of mysterious things happening. And there's a lot of things that you're just like, is this actually happening or is this in my head? Uh, yeah, it, it's a cool narrative. It's spooky, scary. Um, it's kind of gross. But it's also a really cool story idea. And I think it's it can be a representative of a lot of things. Um, or you could take it at face value. And there's a lot of spooky, scary things that are real. Or it all happened in your head. Not really sure. I just I watched Dre play it on his stream, play through it. And we sat there for probably half an hour to an hour when I should be should have been going to bed. Uh, just talking about what actually just happened. And that stuck with me, and it was fun. It was cool. I liked it. Go play it. It's on Game Pass. Oh, it's on Game Pass. Well, I'm looking at it on Steam right now. Overwhelmingly positive, 97% positive reviews. It it should have been up for Indie of the Year, but it's not because Jeff picks bad games. Did it miss the cutoff? I think it did. I think it did. Okay, okay. All right, my number two is The Last of Us. It's a classic. I'm a big fan of that lonely and tired old man protects child trope. I was talking to Paul about this maybe a few months ago. I I realized that that is just a a story trope that I really love. And it's so well done here. But like other things that it's in, like Logan, Children of Men, The Road, these are other examples of the same trope. And I'm just now realizing that this trope actually often takes place in a 
post-apocalyptic setting. <laughs> I was just on, gonna say all yeah. of those are like very dark post-apocalyptic worlds. So that's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, I mean, The Last of Us is was sort of the. I don't want to say it wasn't the first like great story told in a video game because other games have done it before that. Like Josh is number one that he's going to say that's, that's an example of it, but it it was probably one of the first really cinematic video games that we got to, to really feel like it could have been this massive summer blockbuster cinematic experience. And it will soon be in January on HBO. So, and this is not an ad. I wish it was. Uh, but Last of Us is my second pick. Paul, you're number one. Yeah, a couple of honorable mentions just to pop in here. Spider-Man, PS4, uh, Marvel Spider-Man game. You know, I don't know if it's like the, the best narrative out there, but I mean, it's it's one of the best Spider-Man stories I've experienced. Certainly, I think probably the best like non-comic Spider-Man story I, I've experienced possibly. In addition, Detroit Become Human. Um, again, not nice, like an yeah. amazing, like, you know, it has its, it's not without its ham fisted bits and it's, and, you know, it's, it's not necessarily super replayable. Um, but that just really got me. And I think it was really creative and, you know, again, pushing forward what you can do with like a, a really, you know, a really affecting story in a game. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was cool. And also, uh, God of War, uh, the 2018 one. Uh, you know, we got Ragnarok coming out here now, which I've heard is even better in terms of like making you cry your eyes out. Whoa. Um, but I certainly, you know, I certainly love just the, the relationship between Kratos and Atreus chef's kiss. Absolutely best thing ever. Uh, also Mimir is great. Everyone's great. Everyone in that game is amazing. Incredible characters. Uh, yeah, good shit. Uh, but I got to say in terms of games that I followed all the way through, games with side quests that actually made me do them games that made me feel like I was reading a book the witcher 3 yeah wild hunt baby that shit is a plus <laughs> i fought it for so long because i thought for some reason i was one of these people who wants to make their own character and play through i actually this game showed me that i want the game our game to be like you are this person and this is their background and now you have to like live as them. I, I thought that was so cool. I know it's not like the, something new they've done, um, but I just thought that was, I just, I really felt like I embodied Geralt and I got to be my version of Geralt. And yeah, everything about that game, just unbelievable. I still haven't played all the DLC, which I've heard is like some of, some of the almost better or best uh, story experiences in there, especially the, for like character development and, you know, character driven stories. Great, uh, but yeah. yeah, of course the main story is incredible, but yeah, bloody Baron storyline. Um, you know, the storyline you're dealing with, uh, you know, there's so I, I could go on and on uh, with Dijkstra in the city. Uh, just, you know, bits where you just feel like you're down a rabbit hole and you're like, sorry, is this not the main quest? When, when did I last <laughs> right. do the main quest? How is this? A, how is this a side storyline? What is happening here? <laughs> Siri, I'm, I'm getting you at some point. Just wait. I've right. What's going on? It's, it felt like I wasn't on like a lark mission or, you know, some silly thing, or I was off doing something that was really cool, but maybe it was only going to take me like 30 minutes. I, you'd go down like rabbit holes that were, you know, so deep and uh so far removed from what you were mainly doing um but yeah it's just really incredible and again i think yeah you said you know you weren't going to put it super high because of the you know it's be partly because of like the the fact that it's like based on a book and so they didn't wholly come up with that story and for sure um, but i think that's part of what lends so much artistry for to sure. the yeah. whole thing is that it does it feels like a book it feels it feels less like a lot of video games like feel like you're playing a movie and that's like that's kind of a lot of the fun of it 
Um, but this feels like you're playing a book and like the storylines and the quests you go on are so detailed and almost like uh, narrated by Geralt in his head as he's like going through. Uh, yeah, just incredible. It is the most novelistic yeah. like action game I've ever played. It's not even close. Yeah. Josh, you're number one. So uh, the honorable mention actually goes to good old Mass Effect 1. We're passing it to a good old boy, uh, Arthas. Whoa. Just kind of in wow. the Warcraft universe. I mean, it's like perfect from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I mean, it's an actual good storyline. I mean, it started obviously outside of an MMO, but it actually like completed his story uh, reasonably well uh, in an MMO, um, not counting Shadowlands, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, Gosh. but, uh, <laughs> but, other than that, I mean, truly a fantastic character. I mean, he's like iconic as shit. Like, I don't want to say Vader levels because he's not, but like if you play games and you see the Lich King, chances are you know like who he is. So I mean, I got to give it to him. And because of his storyline, Uther is my favorite character in in all of Warcraft because of the Arthas storyline. So exactly, great stuff. Complex characters, it's good. Mike, you're number one. All right, number one, numero uno, uh, yeah. top dog. <laughs> yeah, I. There's a lot of games that I was like, there hmm, they're good, they're good, they're good narratives, and then there's AAA games which are all pretty much shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't have any honorable mentions because, well, hmm. It hurts. It hurts me to not give this to Disco Elysium because I'm not going to. But I want to, but I'm not going to. It's going to go to Citizen Sleeper, which is by far the best story I've ever experienced in a game. That's the space Disco Elysium, right? eh, Basically. It's more more novelistic than that, right? It's like mostly text, isn't it? It is uh, pretty much text. It's pretty much... That yeah, there's well, like a dice mechanic. Until they made a bunch of money selling the game. Well, yeah, but there's no. no but you like move around. There's no and character stuff in Disco Elysium. Like in Citizen oh. Sleeper, it's literally just text based. Really? Okay. There's there's a dice mechanic to choose where you want to go and how successful you will be when you go there. And eventually, the gameplay kind of runs into. I mean, if you're competent at all, oh, you can do basically whatever the fuck you want because you've built your character in a way that is competent at everything. Um, And so you get to experience the entire story and you get to choose which ending you want. And I played it once. I don't know when I'll play it again because I felt a lot of things that I feel like you feel the first time you play it and you can feel it again later. I just, I didn't want to dive back into it, but that story was so just uh, it was so immersive for a game that is basically uh text boxes and some artwork and for a game that like i notably got sad at certain points and actually picked at one point I decided what my what my ending was going to be. I, f- I figure out which ending I could take. I also noticed some other offshoot endings that I could have taken. And one of the endings I wanted to take, but I ended up taking another one because I felt a actual like emotional connection with the characters. 
uh, that I wanted to end the game with. And I ended up doing that and it was very depressing. It hit me right in the feels uh, and was like, wow, uh, I wish I didn't do this because now I'm feeling all these things and instead could have taken the other route, which probably wouldn't have been as depressing as this one was. Um, however, it's a great game. Um, I'm really upset again that it's not up for indie of the year because I think it legitimately is the best narrative of 2022 for a game that is literally put some dice in some squares and read, which I I mean, is barely a game, but it's a really, really good narrative. Like I have trouble playing games where I have to read a lot. Um, That's why I don't read anything in wow because it's boring as shit same and i read everything in this i was like i was nervous when i picked it up because i was like this is a lot of reading and i played it in a day and a half nice i picked it up on a weekend it was done on that weekend so if you want something that grips you that's sci-fi that's a little bit weird a little bit out there i think it's on game pass i'm not really sure don't quote me on that Citizen Sleeper, really, really good. It is on Game Pass. Yeah, A plus. Go play it. Go, go have yourself a weekend, and meet these characters, and just lose yourself in a world that is literally text. Nice. It's it's just like finding that book that you can't put down. All right, my number one. It's Red Dead Redemption Two. In my opinion, it's the greatest, most cinematic, and most cohesive story ever told in a video game. I just think it is the absolute peak of the art in terms of cinematic storytelling. I don't think that there's a game that tops it. Of course, it might not be the number one greatest story. I'm sure there are indie games with really great deep stories, emotional stories. But as far as telling a cinematic story, and and one that's cohesive from beginning to end, and just super ambitious, uh, nothing else tops it, in my opinion. And that's why it's my number one. All right, let's move on to a special shout-out. Each panelist is going to give a special shout-out to anyone or anything of their choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why this lucky someone is getting this attention. Mike, your special shout-out, please. My special shout-out is... Come back to me. Is that a character from the new Sonic game? It is not. Mike's looking for his notes for the audio listeners. All right. All right. All right. 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 My special shout out is uh, Doc Mitchell for reasons I can't disclose. Who is this? He's from Fallout New Vegas. Play the game, Matt. First person you meet, Matt. So you clearly haven't opened it. Oh, God. I can imagine why. So in my show notes, like I I, I put notes together like on on this recording, we're going to do this like when we do Groove Stradamus, I, I make sure that I mark it down so the next recording that we need to do that so I have it ready to go for, for whenever that show is going to happen. I keep that peer pressure segment that I made, the one we've done one <laughs> time where you guys forced me to uh, play uh, Fallout New Vegas. I keep pushing it back. Right now it's in January because we have <laughs> so much coming up with uh, Game Awards and, and Christmas and, and all that kind of stuff and Game of the Year and everything. So Because we're going to have to call back. you out. Yep. Yeah. I'll play it. I'll play it. All right, Paul, your special shout out. 
Special shout out in honor of the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt to my girl Roach, the baddest of them all, <laughs> uh, both in terms of being like a badass horse, also in terms of being uh, bad at listening to you uh, <laughs> yeah. and just being bad at working with the physics of the game. Yeah. Uh, but also, yeah, you know, uh, you know, keep uh, keep chilling that roof and eating the thatched material. You go, girl. Yeah, just bad in every sense of the word. <laughs> I'll go next. A special shout out to also The Witcher 3, but specifically The Witcher 3 next-gen upgrade, which is coming December 14th, which Hell will yeah. supposedly include character skins inspired by the Netflix series, although I don't think they're going to have Liam Hensworth in there, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Josh, your special shout-out. You know what? A special, special shout-out to Sonic. That little blue bastard. Why? He Why? just He's we all in the news right through. now. He like he's just all in the news now and he's deserving of it. Like he has a decent game out for once. Like good for him. Good for that little blue spinny bass. Those fans have been beat up enough as it is. Uh, you know, but the bullying has gone on long enough. So Sonic, this wins for you, buddy. Uh until next week, and I'll make fun of you again. You know, I'm really not the biggest donkey fan in the world, but I gotta say his latest video really good. Really good. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us. The good night, Groups. Now, if you really like the show, we do encourage you to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash goodnightgroups. We got two tiers available there. Any and all support is greatly appreciated, and it's gonna go a long way in improving everything here at the Goodnight Groups. The three dollar plus tier gets you access to this show two days early. So you get it Friday morning. So if you're able to listen at work, listen on your commute, we get it Friday morning. It's ready to go. If not, you'll get it Sunday morning. A special shout out to our honorary groups supporting us in the $5 plus tier. That's Andre D, James B, and Jeremy R. A round of applause for them, please. Uh, I forgot to do the you thing did. where yeah, I interrupt yeah, yeah. you. Yep. Um, so just really quick, uh, you know, yada, 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 $3. Sorry, can you do that again, Matt? $3 plus tier, you get it two days early. Yep. I'll just do it for you. And then I was going to say, oh, Matt, wow, I actually I actually just gave Josh $3 oh. to say that Sonic was his special shout out. Wow. Um, but instead, I could just spend that on the Patreon. Probably a better spend of money. Yeah. Probably a better spend yep, of money. Definitely. <laughs> we also ask that you take a couple minutes to drop a five-star review on apple Podcasts and spotify everything helps make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all the content you're going to find this podcast southern fried groups where they're moving on to fallout new vegas soon game reviews and more on the website you're also going to find a link to the community discord where you can hang out with everyone get the quickest updates from us and chat with us on a daily basis Paul uh, posts pictures of his breakfast every morning. Sometimes twice a morning. It's always a bagel and a banana every day. It's You got to change it up. It's unhealthy. Change the it banana up. Banana is inside the bagel. <laughs> before we get out of here, guys, do we have any final thoughts? Make sure to wrap your banana before sticking it in the hole of your bagel. That'll do it for us here today. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Take care, everyone. <laughs>